<laughs> but um, there was no there, there was standards set like the pull up bar had to be set at ninety two inches. Um, uh, I tried to move the bike closer, and I mean, my best friend told me, "Hey, no, that has to stay over here." So like the standards were set um, where there was no okay, I'm going to set my bike directly underneath my bar. How quick can I pick up my dumbbells? It wasn't about necessarily transitions and lowering the bar or having a shorter box made for you in order to put up a top time. It was, this is the standards. Um, you have a judge on you spotting your reps or they might give you one, maybe two, uh, reps for, um, in your workout before you get a no rep, but there's no cheating any types of standards. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. So we have Saxon Pancheck back. He was our first ever guest on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. And when this airs, we'll probably be at episode like 68. Oh, wow. So we've, we've come a long way since that first time. And this time, at least I'm not breathing hard because you didn't kick my butt in the workout <laughs> before we did the interview. Yeah, the, the uh, Tabata assault bike is something cruel and unusual and probably should be outlawed. And there was, there was burpees in that too. That was not an enjoyable day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you on. Did you have something, Kat? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Um, and so since we had you on last... Uh, you had a big event pretty much right after we interviewed you, and that's you and Taylor uh, got married. Yeah, that was um, back um, last week of January. Yeah. So how was the wedding? It was great. Uh, I think it might have been the last wedding <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> last hurrah of 2020. <laughs> For real. Um, but yeah, not um, too long after that, everything ended up shutting down, so... Um, the timing for that was kind of perfect and um, we didn't have to change too much for that. So um, everything really worked out how uh, we had planned. Um, we obviously never got to do our honeymoon yet. So like even now we're still kind of in a waiting game to see when we can um, set that up. Um, we originally planned to do it after the games in um, August and then I got pushed to September and now it's, it's going to be pushed to October. So uh, again, just kind of waiting and seeing how everything plays out. I like the optimism in the way you said that. So, <laughs> um, so the wedding went well. You guys also brought another member into your family. 
Nelly. Nelly, right here. Aw. She's sleeping. <laughs> and I got to meet Nelly a few months ago. And so that was awesome. Uh, she was, she's super sweet. <laughs> nope, she's not having it. <laughs> <laughs> she had a long day. <laughs> so has she become a, a gym dog? She's a gym dog, yeah. Um, she hangs out in there throughout the day, and then once the evenings pick up, she goes home. So uh, she absolutely loves people. And um, one of her favorite things is uh, when any of our members are doing mobility, she'll go crawl underneath them and just lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of her thing. Yeah, I know uh, my two co-hosts are dog freaks, um, and they would love that. <laughs> Everyone loves it in the gym. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, Kat does a, um, she has a dog named Jojo. And every day on Instagram, she does a daily fix of Jojo. That's <laughs> She's so that's stinking so cute. Cool. What She's kind so of dog cute. is she? She's, a, well, I have three dogs, but Jojo is an Australian Shepherd Rat Terrier mix. Okay. She's just, she looks, we call her a perma puppy because she just has that <laughs> puppy face that doesn't go away. She's so cute. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and Amy's dog Murph always makes an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, uh, Whether does. we want him to or not. That's why I have to constantly <laughs> mute because if you see somebody walk by, he's going to be talking. So, we... <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're a dog podcast here. So speaking of Cliffside, like how, how are things going? I know when we were there, you guys were just getting ready to celebrate your one year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we ended, we just celebrated it in uh, December um, right before you guys came in, but um, we're working on year number two and um we made it through quarantine and uh, working our way through COVID. So I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that I think any gym will um, hopefully have to face. And um, luckily we're getting through that uh, pretty well and our members stuck with us. And uh, we just have a great community in there um, where we really just stick together and we kept that communication open, um, which is one of the biggest things we noticed is communication is key, especially um, when you're not able to see everybody that you typically see every day, um, I think we all know CrossFit is a huge part of anybody's life. I mean, it's eat, sleep, talk about whatever it is. It's a lot of it uh, comes back to CrossFit. And uh, we had to really try and figure out how to give our members that best hour of their day, even whenever we're not seeing them or if they don't have a gym to go into. So uh, we try to create a few different opportunities. So we were meeting outside of the gym in uh, parks, tracks, um, and then we ended up loaning out all of our gym equipment to where like our gym was practically empty so that our members could train at home. Yeah. I saw that. That was a really cool idea. Yeah. So it worked, it worked out well. We made it through it and everybody stuck with us. So, uh, we're really blessed to have a great community. And, uh, you like when we're up there, you guys are pretty full, right? So especially yeah. on the weekends, you know, any, any thought of expansion or you think you're good where you're at for a while? Um, I think we're good for right now. Um, obviously the goal is to always continue to grow and, um, kind of plan two steps forward. So, um, we're looking at some different locations and looking at, uh, potentially different ways we can expand to the left or to the right. Um, but right now it's just figuring out how to structure classes and, um, you can really do a lot with a little bit. So if you have a big group of let's say 20 or 30 people a lot of that can kind of come down to programming so 
you can program around having that many people in such a small space. Um, as long as you're mindful of that, of what days are busy, what days are a little smaller, um, how many people you're expecting over the weekend. And I really base a lot of our programming um, off of our attendance in our classes. So you do all your programming yourself? Yes. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. you, you don't, you don't steal anything from big brother or no, <laughs> he taught me every, <laughs> he taught me everything that I know. So, um, now it's just been adding on to that and continuing to grow and just continuing to learn. Uh, one of the biggest things I learned, not just in programming, but in CrossFit is, um, continue to grow your arsenal. Um, if you train the same year round and you stick with the same programming or the same people, um, all the time that, you're never growing who you are as an athlete, who you are as a business owner or a programmer. Um, so the more you can grow and learn, uh, the more you're going to be able to provide different opportunities and um, really expand your fitness and your knowledge. That's what I love about being a coach is, is dropping in other gyms so that you get an opportunity to be coached by other coaches to, mm -hmm. to grab some more of those tools for your, for your arsenal. 100%. And it can be just the smallest thing of like, moving your feet on a clean and jerk or pulling your shoulders back things that like, yeah, you've heard of, but sometimes someone just gives you that one cue. Um, and it really kind of sets off a light for you. Um, and you just want to take that and you want to go share that with the rest of your community or ever, anybody that you work with. It's like you giving a cue to Amy to get her muscle up and she came that close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in the same spot, but I, but I have two <laughs> knee surgeries after that. So <laughs> I'll get there for sure. So are, are, do you love programming? Like we've talked to people like they just love doing that every day. Yeah, I absolutely love it because um, it teaches you a lot as an athlete. Um, you're able to see what movements complement each other and you're able to see how to actually break someone down in a workout mentally but also how to build people's confidence up. And I think that's one of the most important things I think about when I'm programming is it's not necessarily a, okay, let's see how much we can beat these guys up and how much we can break them. But it's super important to give people workouts that are going to build their confidence. So um, maybe if I, we're working towards getting a muscle up or we just got one, we want to string them together in a workout. I'm not going to put you on a rower and heavy cleans and then try and ask you to do a muscle up. Maybe we'll focus on, biking or back squatting or front squatting or things like that where it complements that movement but it's not going to fatigue those muscles to where you can actually be able to string those together and practice that that's really cool and nelly's made an appearance right behind there you. she is <laughs> and she's tired <laughs> so i um so i wanted to talk to you about the rogue invitational uh mm -hmm. that was a fun weekend i got to come up and spend with you guys um and the first impression I just want to say is like your community, you talk about it, uh, getting to experience that firsthand that weekend was so cool. The amount of support, uh, the amount of uh, people that came out and rooted you on, um, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a huge thing is just having a community like that um, where you're going to support each other. And it's, it's something that a lot of our members don't get to see too often is um, Spencer. I work out typically, running an affiliate. Um, we train in there when no one's in there so we can focus on coaching or growing that business um, when our members are in there. So it's an opportunity for them to actually see the hard work that we put in kind of pay off. And that was another thing I noticed is the relationship with you and Spencer 
is very unique uh, <laughs> and very fun to watch. Yeah, um, even yeah. though you're twins, your philosophies on things are very different sometimes. For sure. He is a go-getter. Um, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to hit every workout as hard as I can. Um, and mine is pace things out and focus on just listening to your body. So two completely different uh, ways of approaching a workout, but um, it teaches us a lot of what workouts can you really go for it or what workouts do you need to be a little more conservative. And um, whenever he has the opportunity to watch me train or go through a competition like that, um, he knows where he can kind of push my buttons to move a little quicker in different areas and um, where I need to um, slow down a little bit and be a little more conservative. Yeah, because Spencer always does it for the people. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it because he kept saying, do it for the people. And, you know, there's like 12 people there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was that experience like for you? Um, Rogue was very different. The online thing was brand new at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think from my perspective, Rogue hit it out of the park. For um, sure. As an athlete, how did that go for you? Um, I really liked it. They didn't leave any doubt and whether it was the judging or the equipment or th there was no room to make any type of excuses. Um, no one had a advantage over anyone else. Typically in a live competition, you can watch the heats before you kind of do it. Um, and um, in this, there wasn't that opportunity. It was you, no music, just your judge, um, really no fan support either because no one could cheer you on. Um, and it was just go, what do you, what do you have in the tank? And it's, it's, it was a test more mentally, um, to kind of see who's doing this for the reasons of, you know, becoming the fittest man on earth and who has a bigger reason of not just going to compete to have fun, but to go to compete to win. Yeah. One, one big difference without the people being able to cheer, man, as a judge, I've, I never hear the athlete breathe. <laughs> I wasn't breathing, was I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that burpee, uh, burpee pull-up. I can't whatever the first event the burpee was. The burpee thruster like, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard an athlete breathe this hard before. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone makes it look so easy, but really, everybody's actually hurting like that. Yeah. So the other thing that was really cool is I got to meet your parents on um, mm -hmm. that weekend, and it was really cool because it brought me back to my Pittsburgh roots. Um, we're getting to chat with your dad a lot. Uh, and they were really nice people. So what was it like being raised by, by your mom and dad? Uh, it was great. Um, they've always pushed us to, um, really be the best athlete or best person, whatever it is, whatever we approached, um, to be the best at it. And it was always that, um, mentality. There she is again. Um, <laughs> always that mentality of no matter what you're doing, it needs to be a hundred percent and there's no going halfway in on something and then stopping. It's you start something, you're going to finish it. Yeah. And they were there all weekend to support you, uh, which is really cool that the parents are there for, for that. Even, even now that you're a pro athlete. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's the same thing that they've taught us. I mean, they're there for us a hundred percent. So we got to give everything a hundred percent. So the other thing that was, that was really neat to see from behind the scenes was that, you know, like, like you're a pro athlete now, so prize money means something. And mm -hmm. like you didn't have the best start to that weekend, 
which, yeah. which seems to be your MO at sanctional. Sometimes you start off a little slow and then it's, it's always the comeback uh, as you move forward. Yeah. But then as you moved up that leaderboard, watching you guys kind of strategize and what you needed to do to move into the place you wanted to. Uh, that was really, yeah. really interesting. Can you explain that at all? Like, like, when do you say, okay, it's time to give it everything and stop pacing because I've got to get from here to here? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, I mean, my motto is that going into the weekend, no matter what. Um, but I think kind of what happens is everybody gives it 120% for that first event or that second event. Um, and then people kind of let that volume catch up to them. Um, and I'm just very used to staying in my own race and Rogue kind of showed that, that I, you know, I really didn't know where anyone was at. Um, so I just kind of stayed in my own lane, um, for that whole weekend. And, um, I just try to stick with that even from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think it might've been two days. Um, and it ended up paying off and you started to see people start to fall off a little more, um, as volume started to play a little more of a role. And that, that was another interesting thing. When you were done, you would always look at the, like the replay and you'd mm -hmm. see where someone caught you or you caught somebody. And it, but it was always after the fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's just being able to just push a little more. Um, I tend to be a little conservative coming out in workouts um, and then kicking at the last minute. Um, so that's something I've really been working on is trying to kick a little sooner and see how long I can hold on to that fast pace. Um, in order to put up a top time in an event or a workout. So after an event like that, do you then go back, since you're doing your own programming, do you go back then and adjust maybe some of your programming for yourself? Or do you ever reach out to Scott or somebody else and say, hey, here's where I'm kind of lacking. I need some resources. Yeah, I actually have a coach that I have been working with um, since two weeks before Rogue. His name's Facundo. Um, so he's somebody that has been helping me approach uh, my weaknesses. And uh, we really used Rogue kind of as a benchmark to see where I need to fix some things going into the CrossFit games. So it's funny you bring up Facundo because I actually had him next on my list to talk to you about. Because I learned that weekend that you were using him as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, and he's also coaching Haley Adams mm -hmm. and Spencer too, right? Correct. And so it was interesting, like there was this like three-way conversation after events with Facundo to kind of uh, make some adjustments. But when you see Facundo in some of the mayhem stuff, you don't really understand what his role is or what he does. Can yeah. you explain what kind of a coach he is? Um, yeah. So um, originally, whenever I started working with him, he was just going to start helping me with some of my endurance. Um, and then he's like, hey, try this workout. And I was like, okay. And this workout absolutely wrecked me. And I was like, okay, like this is something that I need to get better at. Um, and he helped me um, program different workouts that um, got me out of my comfort zone and um, work some different, whether it was metabolic pathways or stimuluses in workouts um, in order to optimize uh, my outcome in competitions. And um, I think that's been a significant help into how I train and even how I program uh, for myself whenever I do, um, which is, I think, really helped um, just my overall fitness. Again, it's, it's growing that arsenal. 
Am I right in assuming that he worked with aerobic capacity for a little bit or Correct. still does? Yeah. So he came from like that Hinshaw group mm -hmm. um, and really worked on that metabolic conditioning and, and endurance, but he, he specialized in some areas that Chris didn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he, I mean, he, like I said, he, he's really specializes in kind of like that endurance stuff. Um, but he took that another step as to turning that stuff into Metcons or CrossFit, um, which is definitely a little different uh, because like I said, I was originally looking for an endurance coach and um, the way that he can program is he's like a mad scientist <laughs> and he can um, create some brutal workouts um, and he knows how to pair movements that are going to fatigue your muscles and uh, ways that you wouldn't expect. Has that created a, a working relationship with Haley? And you've, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had one with Spencer forever. Yeah. But. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been in contact with Haley a little more. And then uh, we both ended up getting signed with uh, Reebok. So uh, we've been communicating more and more. And uh, we actually planned on doing the games workouts together. And then um, CrossFit came out and said that uh, no games athletes are allowed to compete side by side. So uh, that kind of ruin that <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're reading my agenda saxon like the, my next thing was the reebok deal <laughs> so since you brought it up you know that was that was big news you and Haley got signed to reebok this year um after reebok had kind of lost some of their um big names mm -hmm. you know they made a big splash with a couple really young top 10 athletes yeah so how did that make you feel that you were chosen by them um, as like the next, the next big wave of athlete uh, yeah. to represent their brand. Yeah. Um, it was definitely something really special. And, um, I was really excited to have the opportunity to work with them. Um, they're a company that I've stuck with since I got into CrossFit, um, nine, 10 years ago. Um, so to be able to see where I was when I was 11, 12 years old, and now to actually be one of those athletes, um, is pretty amazing. And, um, to be chosen to be a part of that team and be an advocate for those guys is really something special. Um, we're able to create this platform to influence the, the young, the youth, the, the athletes that are up and coming um, and really have a voice to them. And I, and I know you hate when people say you're the young gun because <laughs> you know, you, you've, you're what three time, three time games three. athlete now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've been around a lot longer. It just seems like, you know, you look so young. <laughs> I, I don't mind it at all. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it just says I have a lot more years left in this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You started young. So, you know, you, yeah. you have a long way to go. For sure. So, well, what's the swag like when you, when you sign with a brand like Reebok? Uh, swag? <laughs> yeah. um, outfit, head to toe, man. Um, Reebok everything. <laughs> Is, is it like Christmas morning when the boxes come? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Still get excited? Of course. And, and any, any new box that I get, I'm super excited about. And um, Being able to share that with my family and my friends and my community in here, I mean, that's something that I find more passion in with it. And, um, being able to have that brand um, alongside of me to be able to share with those guys. I mean, I think that's, that means more to me than just me having Reebok, everything. Um, I want to be able to share and give that to the, to the people around me. 
And you signed a deal with Gillette for the Rogue Invitational too. Was that just for that event or was it a more long-term? Yeah, that's a campaign that they're running. So um, we'll see what that turns into. But um, yeah, Gillette's starting to come on more and more. And uh, you actually saw back whenever uh, majority of the CrossFit gym shut down that they, I think they did like a $50,000 donation um, to CrossFit and support your local boxes. Um, So you're starting to see those guys come more and more into the CrossFit world. So let's get into this season. Um, I know when we talked to you last, we we asked you what your like sanctional plans were. Um, That pretty much got thrown out the window. You, Mm -hmm. You got to do Wadapalooza, which got you qualified for the games. And then everything else got kind of scrapped. Yeah. So then it's been just like a moving target ever since then. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so uh, oh, I, go ahead. I feel like everything just slowly kept getting pushed back more and more and more. Uh, I've honestly been, I've been training hard since uh, the week before they canceled uh, the West coast classic, West coast, West coast classic. Um, by lot and live um i was actually packing my bags getting ready to go out for that in a week and they ended up canceling that so um i had my eyes set on had another event oh rope after that um before i planned to train for the game so like i constantly had everything set and focused on my training leading all the way up and then those slowly started to get pushed back more and more and then it was like okay let's train for the games that got pushed back two more months so um yeah, it's been a it's been a long season. So now that they keep pushing the games, right? Now you at least have a date. Yeah. What how do you how do you peak when you don't know what the target is? Yeah. Um I think it's very hard to uh I mean the biggest thing is training as hard as you can and consistently um train your weaknesses um but also keep those strengths with you as well and as long as you're kind of maintaining that if you have a week to two weeks um notice before that then i'll start to dial it back a little bit which luckily we were able to have for the game so that's kind of the goal here now is these next two weeks start to dial in a little bit pull back the volume and um crank up the intensity a little bit and finally the last week um really kind of deload and be ready to rock and roll so the format's changed Mm mm-hmm now we're going online again. And as an observer of your career, I would say that, that you are a better in-person performer. Yeah. You know, you, you, you always do better at the games and even you do at regionals or. For sure. Well, I, and I think one of the biggest things with that is like, I'll struggle with online qualifiers because I wouldn't say it's necessarily my fitness, but I think a lot of things can be skewed to benefit athletes. Um, I think that's why I was able to do well in rogue because there was a standard set. We had a judge. There was, it wasn't your best friend judging you. Um, there was no, Oh, come on. What are you saying? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> rogue didn't know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was no, there, there was standard set. Like the pull up bar had to be set at 92 inches. Um, I tried to move the bike closer. And I mean, my best friend told me, Hey, no, that has to stay over here. So like the standards were set um, where there was no, okay, I'm going to set my bike directly underneath my bar. How quick can I pick up my dumbbells? It wasn't about 
necessarily transitions in lowering the bar or having a shorter box made for you in order to put up a top time. It was, this is the standards. Um, you have a judge on you spotting your reps. They might give you one, maybe two uh, reps for um, in your workout before you get a no rep, but there's no cheating any types of standards. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people's issues are whenever they go from crushing the open into a sanctioned event. Um, how hard was your best friend or whoever was judging you in the open? Um, you get into these events. Now you have a judge that's going to hold you to a very high standard. Can you hit the standard that that's set? Um, and I just think there are athletes out there that cut things close. I mean, there was somebody that said fly as close to the sun as you can without getting burnt, you know, like that, that says a lot. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my take on that. Um, and I, I'll be curious to see what happens with the games here. I know they're sending um, all athletes certified um, level ones up to judge us, which I think, again, that's going to set that standard high for, you know, how high of a standard do you treat, treat yourself and hold yourself to in training? If you can hold yourself to a high standard of keeping every squat below parallel, uh, keeping your feet together on a handstand push-up, hitting the bar every time with your chest or your toes, um, then I think you'll do well. And – and you, it's almost like a badge of honor for your, your family. And you're kind of known in the judging circles as being this, this group that you train to the standard and therefore you're proud of your movement. Yes. And, and it makes it very easy to judge you guys. Yeah. And that's uh, something Scott's always taught us is imagine you always have a judge on you. Like you practice how you play, you know, like if you, if you practice with bad reps, then yeah, you're going to play with bad reps and you're going to end up getting no reps. And um, that kind of happened my first year at regionals where I focused so much on trying to compete with Scott and trying to beat him in training. And that's always the goal, but um, my reps weren't always there. And I, I got humbled very quickly and it was something he always told me. And I was like, okay, you're right. Like I need to slow my, my movements down and really focus on hitting the standards that are set for you. So are you guys allowed to repeat workouts this year? Do we know that yet? Uh, the way that it's sounding, I don't think we're going to be able to, um, which is good. And again, that's another thing that happens in the open is people I know, I mean, I've done workouts two, three, four, sometimes I've done a workout five times. Um, but um, that happens to where you can change a few things. I remember specifically a workout last year, it was the 20 minute AM rep with the double unders, um, kettlebell thrusters and toes to bar that I felt like I had one of the best times that I put up in it, but my transitions were too far that I left a lot of untapped potential there by walking to my jump rope. So what I had to do was bring it back and I had my dumbbells literally underneath my pull-up bar, set them to the left and the right of me, jump up, do my toes to bar and then step forward and do my double unders, step back and jump back up. So, um, being able to have one go at things and not manipulate things to benefit you, I think will be big. And do you know, are they going to have, like, they haven't even announced any events, but do you, have they said they're going to standardize it like the distance for everybody, or is it going to be kind of like the open? Um, we have no idea. Um, the way the CrossFit is, I don't think they're going to leave any doubt for anyone to have an unfair advantage. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest thing that, if you are going to take the top five to an in live competition that there needs to be no doubt that everybody did 
things the right way. Everybody did things the way that other athletes did, and it's standardized across all 60 athletes. So because you're a better live, live performer, what gives you confidence this year in this, in this online version uh, yeah. th- that you can get to that top five and get to California? Yeah, uh, my biggest thing is my training and my programming. Um, and then on top of that, it is you have eyes on you still. You have that level one judging you. Um, they're going to take our videos. They're going to review our videos. So there's no, there's, no, there's no way that you can manipulate things to benefit yourself. It's truly going to come down to who is the fittest. And, and you have all the confidence in the world you're going to be in the final five. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you broke up a little bit, Saxon. Sorry. So we didn't get the answer to that question. It was absolutely. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, but yeah, I think, I, think that'll, I think that'll be a big thing. And um, uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned is it, whenever they first announced the online competition, it was kind of a little upsetting because I think a lot of athletes – uh, we're looking forward to a live competition and I think they thrive on live competition. Um, but I don't think you can lose the mindset of you're still here to accomplish something. And if you have a bigger goal, which is to become the fittest man on earth, this is just another stepping stone, you know? Yeah. It might be a little adversity, but the goal never changes, whether it's full going through four online qualifiers before they take the top five, like it, it is what it is. As long as you have the confidence that you're, you're, one of the fittest men on earth or the fittest man on earth, uh, then you have no worries. It's you give every workout, everything you have and have confidence in your training and your programming and you're ready for anything. So, um, so if you make it to the final five, when you make it to the final five, let me say it that way. When you make it to the yeah. final five, um, it's going to be a unique experience. Absolutely. Five men, five women fighting for fittest on earth. And while as a super fan, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of the online piece of this, that final five thing could be amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, go ahead. Oh yeah. We, we, you cut out a little bit, so go ahead. You, you, you say yours. Yeah. Um, I think the final five, I think that's, I think that's huge. Um, I think it's going to give a lot of hype to those guys going into it. And I think it will be able to create a big platform for those top five athletes. Um, I think it will bring along more sponsorship opportunities or just media opportunities for those top five athletes to be able to, and continue to make this a professional sport. Um, but on top of that, you're, it's, it's just another stepping stone. Like you're now going through two days of an online competition, whether it's seven events or 12 events, and then they're going to take you three weeks later and they're probably going to put you through another 15 events. Um, and I think people are kind of losing sight as to how much that's really going to tax the, those five athletes going to the online competition, how much this will actually play a role into their training to the in live competition and how they're going to feel when they get there. And so we, we talked to the last time about when you were at the games last year, like you had to spend everything you had to get to that final 10. Yeah. And then you were, you were pretty spent once that final 10 was there. Mm-hmm. Are, do you feel more confident this year that as on the back half of the, of the games, you'll be prepared to keep going? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I came back and I reevaluated it and 
anytime you go compete, um, if you don't, if, if you, if you didn't win, um, then you had to have brought in something back to get better with. Um, and there was happened to be a lot of things that I brought back from last year's CrossFit games that, um, I wanted to address right away and, um, get into training to make sure that that doesn't happen again and fill that hole, whether that hole is adding volume in your training or whether it's recovery, um, uh, that's still something that plays a major role in your performance over a weekend. Well, I want to finish with a fun question. Can, let uh, me, can I ask one more question before you do the fun one? Sure, you can. Okay. You sorry. can ask as many as you'd wish. Okay. I have one too. Well, okay. So I'm just curious now, as because you have the unique experience of being a games athlete and being an affiliate owner, how are you feeling about the changes now at HQ with, with, um, with Glassman being gone and Eric Rosa coming in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about it. Um, I've been on a couple calls with Eric and I've heard him talk and um, I, list, I listened to his town hall um, with Nicole and um, the plans that he has for CrossFit is absolutely his um, 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 a vision, uh, not the CrossFit games, but the affiliates. And he's really, I think, trying to separate those two and um, treat them as two different identities, which they really are. Um, and I think we all can agree on that with what's happening inside an affiliate and what's happening at the CrossFit games or two ends of the spectrum on CrossFit. Uh, now that's not saying that you have to pick one over the other because I think one is showing hey this is somebody that hasn't done fitness for the last six years let's get them started on their fitness journey and now we might be showing them 55 year old masters at the CrossFit Games that are absolutely jacked uh, and show them that this is this is what you can be um, and again stepping stones stepping stones all the way in between there in order to reach that if that's something that you want to do. Kat, you had something? Yeah, I'm, I'm backtracking though. So going back to your games prep, um, in the traditional, um, you know, the old regional style or the sanctional style where you'd qualify there and then have the games, you know, athletes would talk about peaking and whether, mm -hmm. you know, they're peaking for regionals or they're peaking for the games. And now that yeah. these, you know, these two events are just three weeks apart, Mm -hmm. what, are, what are you peaking for? And what is yeah. that? Um, so I think, I think the term, I think that gets built up into, okay, at this point, you're the fittest you can possibly be. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's true. Um, I think if you were to talk to me three weeks ago that, I still could have peaked a week after that. Or you talked to me three weeks down the road, I could still peak a week after that. But I think peaking is more of giving yourself one week of really dialing back your training and just giving your body time to recover. Um, so I guess if you want to say like peaking into the online, it would be dialing it back the week of, so Monday to Thursday, uh, my volume and my training, hit that weekend hard. And then I might dial it back a little bit and let my body recover the week after that gives me one week hard training again. And then I'll dial back another week after them to the in-person competition. So I think it's more peaking is more um, giving your body time to recover um, because I don't think your fitness can change significantly over a week or two or three weeks, um, especially over a competition like this. Um, I think the online the, the online portion of a competition is probably going to be what we typically see in a weekend of training. Um, 
I think that the only difference is your nervous system is going to get a little more rock because you're going to take your body to a darker place or you're going to, you're definitely going to push a little harder um, and things like that and take a few more risk and really empty the tank and all those workouts. And I think it's just a matter of giving your body time to recover. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, and sort of knowing that, that these two very important competitions are so close together. And, you know, some people have said that this format, you know, maybe it can't crown the fittest because of how it's being laid out. And, and others would argue that, that absolutely the fittest will be crowned if they can withstand, you know, this online competition, make it to the top five and then yeah. win three weeks later in this intense, you know, crazy thing that mm. Dave's hyped up. Um, where, where do you fall in, yeah. in the opinion of that? Yeah. Um, so a, a great example, and I was just talking to one of my coaches about this, um, and this is something I could see potentially changes in the open coming up. And that is just a guess. But what you see in the open is, yeah, you definitely see the fittest up there in the top 10, but I also think you see some outliers that fall out of that uh, because of one bad workout, because of transitions, um, things like that. the open is you have so is we did box jumps and then we did 95 pound clean and jerks box jumps 135 clean and jerks all the way until we got in through three rounds of that and those box jumps turned into pistols and that barbell turned to 225 to 275 to 315 um now what that is showing is that anybody can get through i wouldn't say anybody but a lot of people are going to be able to get through those first couple things of the box jumps and the clean and jerks and some people might get into the 275 pound barbell but what if that workout was to start with just pistols and 315 clean and jerks? You know what I mean? So you would, you would see the leaderboard shift significantly. Uh, and I think with this online qualifier, we're going to see that a little more. It's not going to be necessarily having to have endurance to be able to clean and jerk 315 for own three repetitions, but it's going to be, can you clean and jerk 315 for 15 reps? Um, and things like that, where you'll see a lot more separation. Um, we're going to start a workout with bar muscle ups, and then we're going to go into ring muscle ups rather than doing toes to bar or pull ups, and you have to earn your way there. Um, I don't think there's going to be earning your way into any type of barbell. I think it, it's going to be you either can do this movement or you can lift this load or you can't. Um, and I think that will significantly shake up the leaderboard than you would typically see in the open. Um, I think what you're seeing in the open is. For a great example is just kind of what happened to me last year was I did great in all those other workouts, but the workout that stopped me was a simple triplet of dumbbell thrusters, toes to bar, and double wonders. And it was because my transitions weren't close enough. Um, and doing 200 thrusters, 500, um, can you hear me? Doing 200 yeah, thrusters, uh, 500 double wonders, and you know, 150 toes to bar, it's hard to come back and do that workout again and try and do better in it. Um, so I think this, it, again, is going to take all the question out of that, um, which is, some, is something I'm super excited about. And um, that's why I love in-person competition so much. Kind of what I was telling Scott is everything's standardized across to everybody. Um, and it's, you either have it or you don't. 
Yeah, well, I hope you're right about the fact that this online qualifier is going to be like an open on crack, right? We want it to be like super intense and not like watered down workouts. So um, I'm Absolutely. hoping you're right about that. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something we could potentially see in the open is a elite division, um, yeah. where it's if you're striving to go to the CrossFit Games, I think you can make that a pathway um, by starting with heavy barbells like that or complex movements or strict handstand pushups or handstand walks where you can really utilize those movements and not feel the need to have to make everybody earn it. I think you can continue to let people earn it through maybe an RX or an affiliate division. Um, but if you're trying to crown the fittest on earth, like let's really see what they have, not just a few reps, but multiple reps. Yeah. Um, and talking about that too, Saxon, are you involved at all with the, um, the profession, the professional fitness association? Um, I've, been on, the I've, been, <laughs> I've been on a couple calls with the athletes in that, uh, okay. but I'm not, um, on the team or really in direct contact with the athletes on that. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a great thing. Um, I think... It's another, I, I don't know, I kind of have mixed feelings on it. Um, I think it's super important to have somebody in charge of that that oversees it that's not involved and isn't necessarily an athlete. Um, I think there are hand-picked athletes that have an agenda and they want their agenda. And, you know, if this is, this is something you created and you can hand-pick the athletes that you know are going to agree with you, um, then it kind of leaves some outliers, um, you know, that might vote against some things that they have and their voices might never be heard. And, um, I think that was probably one of the most frustrating things, um, about that is that there were just some handpicked athletes on the PF. That's the PF. You're talking about the PFA, not the CrossFit one, the other one, the other one. Yeah. PFA. Yeah. The other. Yeah. Um, I think there were just some handpicked athletes that, it's, I don't think it's diverse enough. I think there needs to be masters, athletes. I think there needs to be somebody in charge of it that isn't a direct athlete, but is somebody that can hear everybody out and allow decisions to be made fairly across all athletes. Yeah, that's great insight. I appreciate you sharing that. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You got anything else, Kat? Or? I'm good. All right, Amy, good. All right, so we're going to get to our fun little question here, Saxon. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we do a Wednesday show where we just sit around and do a roundtable discussion. And our question was, if you could build a super team with four athletes, two men, two women, who would you build it with? And you cannot use someone who has won the games. So one of our listeners actually proposed that Ohio oh, could put <laughs> Ohio could put together a team that could could compete with any team made up around the world and that would yeah. be you and Scott Christy and Amanda with Dan Bailey as your coach I I I did see that I did see that comment I like that team I like that <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you but, could compete with everybody in the world For sure um, but I think a force that would be reckoned with would be the young guns would be me, Spence, Haley, and, and some other young girl that I'd let Haley pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good team. 
Yeah, we've got I, I, we've got our eye on Emma Carey. She's Emma coming Carey? up and coming. She is so strong, and she's like fifteen or something ridiculous. I would take her. I would I would take her as our as our fourth. There you go. <laughs> at, at sixteen years old, she beat Sam Briggs, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, in an event at Dubai. Wow, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. She's a friend of the show. She's uh, her parents listen, and she's been on before. She's amazing. Well, we'd take her for for our second girl. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun one. And thanks for looking at the comments, man. That that means a lot. So we yeah. want to thank you very much for uh, for jumping on with the sex. Uh, as always, it's fun uh, getting together and chatting and catching up. Um, and when this COVID thing's over, I will try to get a drop in up at at Cliffside again. As long as you don't do that Tabata bike thing again. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you just let me know the week. I'll make sure I, I don't do that. <laughs> it was probably and, and Spencer, are, right? It was probably Spencer. That was all Spencer's program. <laughs> we are we are rooting hard for you in the next couple of weeks for sure in this online Thank qualifier. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Sex. And uh, we'll let you get back to it. And we know we were busy, uh, and we'll we'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye. Right. Tell Nelly we bye, said sex. bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.